Hello and welcome into a new episode. This is the Scarves Up Podcast. I'm your host, Nadme Mudis. And two games to get to against SKC and NFC. Not the way that we would want them to go down. A big, big play happened in the SKC game. And we spent a uh, lot of time talking about this. We're going to cover it from every angle. So we'll get you into this podcast as quick as possible. Just like to say we are again not in the studio. So we apologize for the audio not being up to its normal standard. But still, a great episode is coming your way. So now it's time I bring in David Mamoudis. Feeling a little bit like I'm trying to uh, get through to the end of the pandemic, which seems a little bit like how the Sounders are doing, trying to get through to the season. Um, I think all of us this year have had to remember all the ways that we're lucky. And this was uh, a week where the Sounders had to remember, wait a minute, we're still in first place after all of this, Uh, but still a tough week. Okay, so let's get right into it. We're going to start with the game against SKC. Of course, game doesn't doesn't start how we wanted it to. What were your thoughts on on this first goal that we gave up? Yeah, so I was at the stadium and watching from a seat near the sideline. Um, I did not have a good view of that first goal. You know, you could just see the ball bouncing around. You could see 100 people in the box. Um So I still don't have a great sense of how many chances the Sounders should have had to clear that ball a lot farther away from the goal. Um, You know, just sort of seemed like some bad luck combined with some, um, you know, some people, you know, not being as definitive about getting the ball away from the goal as they should have been. What did it look like to you? Yeah, the first goal, just like uh, the team falling asleep, on on defense early on in the game, just uh, sort of in the same way the first goal against LAFC was um, just like um, just letting them get through the defense uh, for uh, a goal that Fry is always going to have a tough time with. Um, Didn't he save the first two attempts and and just get beat at the third chance? Yes. Uh, yeah. But st- still, I mean, like, still, you, it's still a lapse in in def- in the defensive mind. Uh, just in general, recently, uh, obviously, we're losing games, but we're also just letting in lots of goals. And we look at the beginning of the season when we were going so long without conceding goals. What do you think has really changed? We still have the same people in. Most of our defense is healthy right now, even though we're struggling to get other people back. Do you think it's just that teams have figured out the five, the five man back? Uh, what are your thoughts on, on what's going on with the defense right now? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it is the truism that the, you know, the best defense is a good offense. So I think when we are missing those attacking players, um, that does put more pressure on our own defense if opposing teams can, you know, move up farther and have less uh, less fear of Rui Diaz finishing at the back, you know, less fear of Morris running by them. 
Um, so I think that contributes to the pressure on it. Um, yeah, but I do think, you know, people have seen us play more. Um, you know, yesterday's game, obviously, you can you can blame on the absence of Joe Paulo in the middle. Um, but uh, it's hard to know. You know, I think it's all of those things um, coming together. Definitely a tough way for the game to start. So at 1-0, we go into the second half, which was the play where everyone was talking about it. This is one of the strangest plays that I have ever seen in soccer. And uh, obviously, first, first, I want to hear what were your thoughts in the moment at the game? Because during the actual game, this got totally brushed over. Please explain what happened when you were there. Well, so obviously, you know, we're not hearing the stadium. We're not hearing the, the commentary. So we had no idea. Um, we saw the yellow card shown to the keeper, which seemed very strange because how can you possibly have a yellow card foul on a defender in the box? Um, Unless it's time wasting. Uh, Pretty much that's, right, the, but it, that's the only time you would see someone get a yellow card in the box right, I mean, and that I guess would not the, relate to a penalty. You know, that's the obvious answer that it had to be outside of the run of play. Um you know, so it could have been something said to the referee or something like that. But it seemed like, you know, either it had to be a penalty or no foul. Um, and, you know, I guess the call was uh, offensive interference with the keeper on rolled on. Um, but yeah, that was it was at the other end of the the the, the stadium from us uh, could not possibly see what was going on. You know, we could see that the. Um, we could see that the SKC had the ball and, um, yeah. you know, saw the yellow card issued, but had absolutely no idea what was going on there. So this is another thing about, about just like, what is the correct restart in, in plays like this? Um, say like, if you have someone like far after the play, like in a fight, someone gets punched in the face in the box Depending on what it is, it's still supposed to be a penalty if it's off if it's off the ball. So that that is one of the things that's absolutely insane about this play is that you can't give a yellow card without admitting that this that it is a penalty. Like the result of this play should have been a penalty. Well, I don't think that's true. I mean, you're the referee and I'm not, but if there's a if there's a fist fight in a dead ball situation um that happens to take place at the penalty spot, I don't think that that makes it a penalty. You know, if it's a dead ball situation, then it shouldn't affect where the restart was. I be um, I, I believe the rule if it's not a penalty and I believe like in cases in cases I'm thinking about if like someone gets punched in the face at the center of the field, like obviously they're still going to get a red card. I think the correct restart is an indirect free kick in that sense. So maybe because, because it's off the ball, then it's an indirect free kick from in the box. Um, this is, I mean, obviously this is, these are plays that are so rare. 
I'm very shaky on. Well, on, on the, the one hand, they're rare, but on the other hand, I feel like I've seen them before. But you know, where I've seen them is in amateur adult games. It's, well, you know, yes. where it's it's not especially uncommon. You know, for a keeper to say like, you know, how dare this person who have to have you know put a shoulder into me when I thought I had the ball already? I'm going to body slam him, and you know. When something like that happens, the uh, the the referee in that game would probably say, you know, look, you idiot, stop fighting. I'm going to put the ball down over here, and you know, be glad I, you know, let you keep playing. Um, you know, but again, you don't expect this to see in a professional game. You don't expect this to be the kind of ruling that has to be made on national television. Yeah. So this is so good. This is like another example of like so. Goalkeepers are always treated differently by the referee. Um, obviously, both are hard jobs. Being a goalkeeper, um, you, you when you're coming out, usually the referees are nicer to the goalkeepers. Um, this is this is something I I I feel that way when games. I feel like I do a good job protect protecting the goalkeepers. Um, we don't want them getting kicked in the head when an attacker is running in um, and they're coming out, diving up their feet. Um, but this is an example of something that a goalkeeper has to get punished for um, because, I mean, it, this is a play, like imagine if you do what Tim Media did, if you do what Tim Media does anywhere else, if you do that in public, then you're going, you're going to jail. I mean, you're, I mean, the cops are coming. I, I, or I think, um, which, which I, I would say for some soccer plays, that's, that's not true. If you get a red card for slide tackling someone, uh, if someone were to do that in public, then still, I think the reaction is still going to be different than if you do this. I mean, this is just clearly violent clearly a red card thoughts, thoughts on like it being a goalkeeper compared to another player right now you know obviously the question of was it an initial foul on christian rodan does have to do with being a goalkeeper you know goalkeepers have a certain amount of um of deference you know as somebody comes into the ball you know partially because the question of um what is um, you know, who's going to get that ball? You know, the fact that Melia is allowed to raise his arms up um, two feet over Kristen Rollsdown's head, you know, means that maybe you can argue it wasn't a 50-50 ball when Kristen Roldan was challenging for it, but that he is, you know, sort of making a physical play on a ball that he has no chance at. Um, so I'm going to walk, I'm going to now walk through the play like step-by-step step to explain why uh, why this should have been more than a one-game suspension. So just just about an hour before we started recording this episode, it has been announced that Tim Melia has been suspended one game by the MLS Disciplinary Committee. Thank God that decision took way too long. I'm sorry, Disciplinary Committee. I don't know when you guys meet, but it took it took four days. It took the, to the morning of SKC's next game to say that this guy needs to be suspended, which is absolutely absurd. But let's, if we go through this play, yes, 
At the beginning of it, I think the yellow card to Rodon is fair. Um, it is definitely the right decision. Um, he's he's backed up against Melia. He's he's backed up against Melia. Melia punches the ball away. So I I think and he. But what's the explanation for the yellow he, card? Is the is Rodon's yellow card for the initial contact where he's driving his shoulder back into Melia? I think it. I think it has to be. Um, or is it just it's not really his shoulder. It's more that he's like backing up to him. Melia does a good job just to keep punching the ball. But, but when, so why is that a yellow card? Or is it just sort of he got a yellow card for being in a fight on the playground? I think it's like you're interfering with the goalkeeper. He was making it harder for Melia to punch the ball without actually going for the ball. Because when the ball comes in, Melia just punches it away. Rodon doesn't move towards the ball to head it or anything. So, okay, but Rodon I, is I in a place it, where the ball is falling to him. I mean, his, yes, his Rodon positioning has, seems very Rodon, reasonable. Rodon can be there, but when he's there, pretty much any contact is going to be a foul. That okay. is what I see. So, but, yeah. so, so that's a yellow card. But as soon as Media punches the ball, you can see that Rodon starts to move away. He starts to, because at this point, he's, he's standing on the goal line. He starts to move in the direction back on the field. Right, and the ball is, of see, course, only only see, six or ten feet away, so you can see that Melia does not want him to move that way. He's, he's, well, that's the the ball is farther away. So Melia gets a good punch on it. Rodon, if even if he was like the flash, he's not going to get to this ball before Graham Zusi can can clear it. Right, but it, but it isn't that far away. I mean, it's ten or fifteen feet away. It's not as though Rodon's going to reach out and touch it. But it's, but it's also not it's not forty yards up the field. It's it it's clearly in a place where conceivably, you know, Zuzi could miss it. You know, it's not it's not unreasonable for Melia to think, oh no, this guy might score a goal if I don't let go of him, which I think makes it worse on Melia's part. You know, if the ball is at the halfway line and Melia does this, you know, then you could just say, oh, they're just tangled up. He's just annoyed. But the fact that Melia might think he's defending his goal by getting rid of Roldan makes it a worse soccer play in my point of view. I, I, I disagree with that. If he does, okay. if he does what he did while the ball's at midfield, that, that just makes it a hundred times worse. The farther okay. this is away from the ball, the worse. Anytime there's contact, it makes it more like a dead ball play. Anytime there's contact when the ball is not around, that means like it's, it's more likely to be a red card. There's more, it's more violent because it means no one was trying to make a play on the ball. Like when we look at high kicks, a lot of times people get red cards and sometimes it's unfortunate because their eyes are looking at the ball the entire time. Their, their foot would just make contact with another player. So that, so when it's off the ball, it's always going to be, uh, it's always going to be, a worse tackle or a worse play, in my opinion. Um, but, but on the play, yes, there's there's a you can there's a clear movement between Rodon. There's clear movement between Rodon and Media. Rodon going back onto the field, he starts leaning forward to pretend to start to run. Um, so with that, you can see he's trying to clear, and then Melia just decides to completely grab him and throw him into the net. And I think Rodon is very lucky that uh, he didn't get, he didn't get more injured off this play. Um, it, it looked really bad for the VAR to look at this. 
and say this isn't violent enough is absolutely insane. This is a penalty and a red card 100% of the time. This is like one of the worst refereeing decisions I have ever seen in MLS. It's not even close to how bad this play is when you got The Rock coming in and commenting absolute saying he saying saying that he knows it's a red card absolutely devastating uh call that pro got wrong and with var for var has to be asleep to not call this a red card but to give a yellow but yes obviously to give a yellow card and not a penalty is just so 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 insane and this would have changed the game immensely. If Team Melia gets sent off, then they're down to 10 men, so the Sounders have an advantage. They will also have to take off a forward, most likely, um, which is huge. And the Sounders, obviously, obviously, we got another goal. I felt like in the second half, as soon as the second half started, we had the momentum. So this game would have been completely different if we got suspended. Um, so what are your thoughts on, on the refereeing in general in this play? Um, you know, I mean, in general, I think, you know, I think it makes sense that you have a high standard to, you know, to red card a referee. I mean, to red card a keeper. Um, but why so, though? Why is that level different than another player? It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. Yeah. I was saying that we treat the keepers differently. Sometimes it's justified, but really, there's no reason we should. I mean, it's just another player. It's just one right. player. I mean, that can again, to, to me, it doesn't look like a yellow cardable foul on Roldan. If you've made that decision, and I guess that's a question about what scope VAR has. You know, if VAR starts from the sense that, you know, Roldan has has committed a serious foul against the keeper, you know, then does that make it harder to find the keeper for retaliation? I guess retaliation is always punished. So that's, you know, that's not really a reason. Um, Just because it's, reali- it's retaliation doesn't mean that it, it can't be greater. I mean, a lot of the time. We look at the uh, the NFL. It's always the retaliation right. that gets started. So uh, another question I would have, you know, and this is where you know maybe the Rock's expert input would be very valuable, um, is you know to what extent is Roldan actually picked up and thrown to the ground, or is to what extent you know Roldan uh, engaging in professional wrestling, you know, by leaning himself up against and and helping Melia, you know, pick him up and put him on the ground. You know, is there is there a cooperative move there where Rodon is trying to go to ground himself? I don't think he um, could. I mean, Rodon, yes, Rodon has a history of flopping, but this is, but I, I don't see how you can look at that and say, like, oh, this, like, this is just. Right. I mean, a play clearly where it's not. This, you know, Rodon leaps up into Melia's arms and Melia gently lowers him to the turf. These, um, these guys have, have been practicing this move. It's they, 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 uh, they uh they were both in on it. They're acting this. No. Was Mili ever with the national team? Did they ever have a time on the offside, you know, where Don't they could have been practicing so. this? Don't okay. believe so. He's just he I mean, he's uh shocking me 
since he's been one of the best keepers in MOS for a long time. I don't think he's ever played for the national team. Before this, he played for Chivas. Um, he was the backup keeper for them for a long time before uh, striking. So, it you know, just, just in general, I would say my philosophy is, you know, that the referees should intervene as little as possible. You know, I don't like to see games decided by, by a close red card. So, that's you know, unfortunately that's that means in this case, this. okay. Cause you think it wasn't a close red card at all. Yeah. yeah. It, it's definitely not a close red card. This is a red card. Wait, I mean, like, the player for player safety, um, for talking about just player safety, this is violent and it's got to be punished. Um, and just the whole, the whole way MOS has handled this has been bad. I mean, so when the Rock uh, tweets about this, then obviously the league is going to care. The league has, um, I'm, I mean, the Rock has five times more. Twitter followers than that, MOS that anybody does. Else in the league, yeah. Um, so yes, so you can understand why the 25-year-old or something who runs the MOS Twitter is going to see this and be like, hey, if if I can get the rock and connected to MOS, then I I've got to say something. But they also handed this poorly just by making that comment. It makes it makes the whole league look bad. It makes our referees look bad. Um, it, I mean, and to do that, because of how the league handled this, I really thought that they weren't going to suspend Tim Media, which was going to be absolutely insane. Um, because, because so how I'm do not- you think this, this feeds into the narrative around the Sounders? You know, our, our, our sideline chant is, you know, no one likes us, we don't care. Um, you know, I think it do you, does go. I think, I I think it does. Um, fit if it's into Diego Rossi like, being body slammed, you know, does it does does some does it play out differently? Ooh, that's a very interesting question. I do think if I oh, that oh that's so tough. I I I, I want to say no. I I th- I think it doesn't. I think the 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 since they did suspend it for one game, I think. That's probably what they're they're gonna do anytime. But maybe but, in that case, but just like the red card and the four game suspension. But the reason I thought that he wasn't gonna get suspended was because MOS was was like pointing out the thing with the rock and then media. So like Casey, I, I don't really know how the how the committee's decisions work, but I know that the Sounders have they put in the request. Um, I'm not sure if KC can say anything in defense, but I don't know if media's camp would be like, hey, you're promoting this, so how are you going to suspend me for this? You can't do both. So that was one of the reasons I thought that they might not suspend him, which is going to be absolutely insane. It's going to be like, okay, because some some idiot who works for MOS decided to promote a violent play that they can't suspend him. Obviously, they, they got it right, but the consistency from the disciplinary uh, committee is not good. Last week, they suspended a player, the Dallas keeper, um, for the littlest kick uh, on an LAFC player. Um, 
Which right. is, but that's obviously a case where the ball is dead. You know, he's sort of walking up and raising his foot in the middle of a, an argument about something, you know, which is sort is of that, on the lines like like hit, touching somebody on the face. Just don't do that. I think we have established that the uh, that it is it is the basically the same play because in the Rodon play in the Rodon play the ball is. The ball, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm going to say the ball's dead. Okay, you're gonna. You're gonna make. I, you're gonna make the argument that there is no excuse for picking up another player and and dropping him. I th- um, I think the ball is dead in the Rodon play because Rodon has no way of getting to the ball. I I mean, you say that Media thinks that he could get to the ball. I don't think there's any chance he gets to the ball. The ball is too far ahead before Graham Zusi is always going to get happened. to it. But Graham Zuzzi is going to get to it. You don't know if it'll be cleared. You don't know if there'll be another play. You know, Melia obviously has a, a, a need to there, get himself away from Roldan and get ready for the next play. There are clearly yards in between him. that The, the ball is dead when Melia throws him to the ground. So for them to say to give a one-match suspension for a kick, which in the Dallas game, it looks like the keeper's joking. Like, it, I would say the keeper could be joking with the kick. He's just like having fun. We've seen in the past some players get red cards um when they're just when they have hands on the face, but the players will have like giant smiles on their face. So it's like they'll be smiling. Um and, and that's a little ridiculous because yes, red cards should depend on the context. Um but in this play that the Dallas keeper got suspended for uh, it doesn't look that violent. It's just like a little kick. And they said that was one game. So if the Dallas one is one game, I believe that Melia should be suspended for the rest of the season. Um, it would be three. That that would mean it's a three-game suspension. That is a fair – that would be a fair suspension. And um, it sends a message to the league that we want this, this garbage – and this, these violence plays nowhere in the game because this is unacceptable. We never want to see this in soccer again. Um, this is why I, VAR was implemented, so we get these correct on the field. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see where the Sounders end up finishing in the standings, and this could have a lot to do with that. So final thoughts on the on the whole player and him only getting suspended one game. Um you know, I, I think the I think you know punishing retaliation in general is correct, but I think if there was a very harsh suspension in this case, what I wouldn't want to see is a bunch of forwards, you know, thinking of that as a reason to back into more keepers and try to get pushed to the ground. Um you know, so I don't know the fact that Roldan does think, initiate. The contract, I don't think yeah. you have to worry about that because we've we talked about this bias towards the keepers. If more forwards do that, who do we think is going to get more cards? I think the forwards are going to get more cards. Would yep. you not? Would you not? I mean, the forward, if it's a 50 50 ball, if it's actually a 50 50 ball. So not what happens on any of these plays, then, then, uh, then the the forward is going to get the card. I think that's uh, I think that's uh, going to be the result. 
at least 90% of the time. Okay. okay. Well, so the Sounders were upset about the play also. They, you know, tried to take it out on the field, tried to put some pressure on and, you know, get a goal back. So Sounders get a goal back. Rodon, I think it's going in off Rodon, but Benazeg does get a little touch on it um, to put it away. So it's 1-1. Then SKC would win the game 2-1. Johnny Russell scoring again. Very, very annoying. So they win 2-1 after we win 2-1. And this was a case where City. Um, we did have a very good view from where we were sitting of Johnny Russell running up and down the sideline. Uh, he was getting taunted by the sideline. Um, you could also just sort of see Nuhu, you know, sort of creeping a little more and more towards the middle of the field. You know, Johnny Russell doing his best to act like, you know, he was 47 years old and using a cane and not a threat to run by. Um, but just, you know, you knew that he was waiting for the one time when he had the reason to run and he wasn't going to make a mistake if he got it. And then that's exactly what happened. You know, he started with a five-step lead over Nuhu and still had a two-step lead when he shot. Um, and, uh, you know, then he came and taunted the crowd back uh, who'd been who'd been insulting him. So, um, you know, frustrating to see that happen. Um, yeah, media, um, uh, not not media, um, Nuhu definitely fell asleep on that play. Um, but take nothing away from the, from their play. I believe they had like 38 passes um, on this play consecutively, um, just doing a good job to move the ball in the midfield. And then the ball to Russell was a very nice ball from Espinoza. Um, but uh, knew who fell asleep on this play. Um, very unfortunate since it did feel like we had the momentum in the second half. Um, but they ended up taking the points. Um, as we look at the, the the stats from this game, very 50-50, 49% for the Sounders, 51-2 KC. We led them six shots on goal to three. Uh, our passing, passing accuracy, their passing accuracy was a little better uh, than ours one was we were beating them in duels 57 to 42. So as I'll say it again, it, it felt like we were controlling the game in the second half, at least unfortunate that we couldn't find a result. Um, I have to mention uh, this. So in we're looking at post-match, Chris Rodon talks to the press. He said he did not get a, explanation from the ref um so he was looking forward to hearing what howard webb and the referee said i'm guessing he wasn't happy with the announcement um smetzer hadn't seen it um but at training on monday smetzer who i would say is definitely known for not giving up information about his lineup or how he truly feels about referee calls he's always someone who respects the referee he comes out and says like it's clearly a red card so if you got smetzer coming out and saying it's clearly a red card who someone who's always saying that refereeing is a hard job then the league come on you you, you messed up 
you messed up. Uh, and it should have been a multi-game suspension. VAR is here for plays like this. And hopefully nothing ever like this um, happens happens again. Uh, I do not want to see The Rock ever be on the right side of an MOS decision call um, again. Um, uh, that, yeah, the right side where the refs are also on the wrong, wrong side is what I mean there. Okay, let's move on to the next game, which was against LAFC. Let's talk about the changes we saw in the lineup. You already mentioned Joe Paolo. He was suspended. Um, we got Nicholas Ladero back. We back got on the bench. Yeah, we got Smith. Um, Smith comes in to start again. Uh, thoughts on the lineup. Will Bruin goes out in the first half for injury. Thoughts right, on, the, Bruin, on the personnel in this game? Yeah, I mean, obviously Bruin, you know, came into the game with his knee heavily taped up. It wasn't clear whether he, you know, injured it or just aggravated something he was already worried about. Um, you know, I think, yeah, the big thing, it shows how much the Sounders uh, rely on JP in the middle there, uh, especially, you know, when we when we don't have Rui Diaz up top to take pressure off of the team. Um. So, so before this game, I thought Leo Chu was like uh, guaranteed to start today, um, knowing that Joe Paolo was out for yellow card accumulation. And then uh, just because we were lacking some speed with Raul Diaz out and Morris out and Madero out, um, uh, since we were lacking speed, I thought this was going to be Leo Chu's first start, no doubt. Do you think um, Leo, start, Leo Chu starting on the bench today – um, if if he if he did start, do you think that would have made a difference in this game? You know, it's hard to say. I think he's not seen as as somebody like Atencio who can come in and play central midfielder. You know, he's seen as an attacking wing option. So, um, I think if he comes in, then you're probably dropping Rowe. Rowe wouldn't be the one who Rowe's right. not so starting. Who do, you, who do you put in the middle? I mean, are you saying Montero is still there? You put you put Christian Rodon next to Atencio. Uh it's true. I guess back that is a his, is a role back, that he's played before, but he has played in his it a original. While. It's back in his original position. I think that's what what you put him. Yeah, you put him. Um, has he lined up there all all season? He has. He's been there next to Joe Paolo at least once. Um, he he definitely has been there. For sometimes, I mean that is his main position. He's still very good, and then that's where his at least I don't know if you'd say that's his main position now, but that's where he started, and where he he uh, officially won won the role. I mean, the, let's give some more love to uh, Chris Rodon, who just like everything he does is just so. Um, essential to the way Metzer's teams play. Um, he just does so many of the little things um, that a team that Metzer coaches has to do well. Um, and obviously, the, I, I would say he's still underrated uh, in, the, in the league. Um, uh, also on um, 
we we never talked about about this uh, on the last play. Alex Rodon got gets a yellow card for standing up to his for standing up for his brother on the last play. Um, love to you like to see that you you happy you happy to see that. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy to see the energy. You know, again, I'd love you know, to with, see them standing up for their teammates. Right, but you know, with JP out for yellow card accumulation, you can see the downside of that. You know, you don't want to. Um, yeah, you, yeah. You know, it, don't. He's obviously whenever any tackle says we're always talking, talking like. Don't do anything stupid, guys. Do not right. do anything there's stupid. Right. A, there's a cost to these yellow cards. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, so moving moving forward into the LAFC game, we already talked about the first goal. The first goal, very lame, very annoying. Um, Brian Rodriguez is definitely on sides. Um, Nutmegs Fry, I don't think, well, knew who was tracking. There's not really much he could have done. Um, in this game, I thought New Who played really well. Uh, there was a lot of times where he was the last defender where the ball had gone past Fry, and he made some good clearances. Um, New Who definitely feels like he's coming alive right now, which is what we love to see, and almost scored again. He almost scored. Um, yeah, that was a tough so one unlucky. Off, the, off the crossbar. So unlucky. Um, one of the best chances of the game, Ladero. Uh, for other chances that Sanders have, Ladero's chance was probably the best, the best chance through an amazing save from LAFC's keeper, who um, definitely uh, was. Uh, it was a luck with the pink hair and the pink uniform. Um, I was impressed with him. LAFC keepers have not been good, uh, especially when we play them, especially when the Galaxy plays them. Um, they have been terrible, and, so and he was great. This guy with an, an interesting great. pedigree. He's you know in the Chelsea system, had, had, hadn't played yeah. for the main team, but had been on loan for a bunch of teams there. Yeah, so played well. So I guess this is one of those games when, you know, the Sounders obviously had two or three goals, you know, two or three shots that could have gone in. Um, would it have been more frustrating or less frustrating if, you know, if it had been 3-2, then 3-0? Um, I, th- I think this know, was... I, while watching this game, like I, I never felt like the team gave up. Like I felt like the team was always like when when the third goal for LFC went in, I I felt like the Sounders hadn't given up. Like I felt like okay, we're the we're the Seattle freaking Sounders. Like we we could come back. I never felt like they gave up. Um, however, um, with saying that, I also never felt like it was going to be a historic game where we were going to come back and win. 4-3 or we we're going to tie 3-3. Three, three. I just didn't see that happening. We had chances, um, and I thought it was likely that we were going to get one, but I never felt like there was much coming from this game. Um, but it also didn't feel like a tough... It doesn't feel... It didn't feel like a tough loss until actually after the game because um, people who didn't, who didn't watch this game are going to be like, are going to look at it and be like, oh, look at how bad the Sounders was. And it's like, we didn't really play badly. We just had, like, mistakes and we let in some lame goals. Uh, the second goal that they scored um, was a very annoying goal. 
Um, but it was just great awareness from blessing. Not much Fry's going to do there. And then the last goal, like there's a big deflection, but also Fry's just uh, just caught out a little bit. So both of the their their goals are annoying, and obviously it would have been very very satisfying if the Sounders could have kept um, the uh, could have helped. Uh, stop LAFC's playoff chances. Who still they still have they still need help. They're still they're still in a bad position um, with how their their season has gone. They they need a lot of help to to get into the playoffs. Uh, but other thoughts on 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 this on this second half um, and the and those other goals. Um. Yeah, you know, just or the substitutions uh... we saw. You know, it was great to see Lodero come in. Uh, you know, he he looked pretty good. Um, you know, the rest of the Sounders obviously playing on on short rest um, and looking at, you know, the team didn't seem like it played with a lot of energy. Um, you know, think just there's one time of those... to panic. Is, is it time to panic? Um, obviously, it seems like Roy Diaz will be back for the next game. Hopefully, Bruin isn't super injured, so he could at least be on the bench for next game. Um, for our next game, which is against the LA Galaxy, it's our last home game of the season. It's the first time in a long time that the Sounders are not playing at home on decision day. They have to go to Vancouver. Uh, first time going to Vancouver in quite a while. Um, right. So clearly, what matters, you know, what's the what the what matters is the result of that first playoff game. You know, these last few games of the season, the playoff seeding, you know, is important. Some momentum is important. But what really matters is that playoff game. And what matters for that is, you know, getting as many players as we can back, getting the team mentally ready for it. You know, and so effectively at this point, you know, this is almost the preseason. You know, the Sounders are unusual in that they've, you know, they've had other seasons where they've been fighting just to make sure they get into the playoffs. You know, that's not an issue here. Um, obviously we'd like that number one seed, but you know, if we can win two or three playoff games, then, you know, things are good. If we can't win that first playoff game, then things are not good. Obviously it's better. We're losing now than when we get into November. Um, so, but I, I will say like when we get in the playoffs, um, it's, it's, um, I I will say like one of the good things again is I felt like the team never gave up yesterday. Um, though the chances weren't there, I felt like we, we didn't quit, which is what we want to see, especially going, getting close to the playoffs. I think with players getting back, um, I don't think there's too much to panic. However, in saying that, I think it is very important that we get results in these next two games um, going home Gonna play an LA Galaxy team. Recently, we have not been good at home. It is shocking how bad the Sounders have been at Lumen Field this season. Um, uh, that has got to change, especially since we especially since we want to justify that we want to play at home in the playoffs. Um, obviously, it's different with playoff atmosphere, but um, I think it will be hopefully. Uh, we we got to get result against um, the galaxy um, coming in. Uh, so and looking we should be at, able to. So looking ahead to the game against Galaxy, it seems like Raul Rodriguez will be back for that game. 
what is your um, score prediction for the game against the Galaxy? Galaxy play tonight. They're playing SKC. Um, I can't believe I'm going to say that. I believe we have to root for the Galaxy tonight. Um, the guy, obviously, Kansas City, with our loss, they have two games in hand on us. They're, they trail by three points. So if the Galaxy can actually get a win, that would be good for the Sounders. Not only if they get a, if the Galaxy also win, it also makes it harder for LAFC to make the playoffs. Um, so I'm hoping that they beat SKC. And then we can take them down against uh, uh, on uh, Monday night football. Uh, the next game is this Monday on T T U D N um, again, just like the SKC game. So, uh, what's your prediction for the lineup and the score? Um, I'm hoping we'll see Ladero in the starting lineup. Um, I'm hoping we'll see Rui Diaz back, either as a starter or on the bench. Um, do you think we get Morris on, uh, on the bench? Um, do not know about that. You know, I mean, I'd love to see him for a 10 or 20 minute run out, um, get him some experience before, you know, during the regular season. Um, you know, so I think we'll see Ladero in for Atencio. Um, I think we'll still see, um, do you think Benese will start since he started the last game at KC? That's a good point. We could game. see we could see Benize or Leo Chu in the starting lineup to give I the Sounders be, some more energy. But just based on what we've seen with the thinking about Leo Chu, I would be shocked if Leo Chu starts this game, even though maybe that's the right decision. Um, I don't see that happening. What is your score prediction for the game against the Galaxy? Um, we're going to hope that the Sounders can improve their their home form. Um, I'm going to say two to one um, with uh, Ladero and let's say Ladero and I guess one question is, will Bruin be back in? We'll say Ladero and Montero scoring. I, I'm going to say, I think it's very clear that Roy Diaz is going to be back. I think that's going to be huge. He's trailing the golden boot by one go. I would still like to see him win that. So I think it's going to be 3-0. I'm going to give two goals to Roy Diaz. And then um, I'm tempted to get, And then um, I know this is a little cheap, but I'm going to say the third goal is going to be either um, New Who or Morris. Um, I think uh, um, just imagine also um, uh, writing this story, if one of them scores in the last uh, – the last game of the season at home um, going into the playoffs. Um, but that would be huge, um, especially if New Who gets one at home and Jordan Morris coming back from injury. Uh, I expect um, if Jordan Morris is playing, he's coming on off the bench. Uh, got a lot of time. Hopefully he gets cleared before then. Um, before, before that game, obviously it talks about LA. They're playing KC. Let's look at the standings for all the games that are happening um, uh, tonight uh, before we wrap uh, this up. Uh, so a lot of big games. Colorado is playing New England. Colorado has one game in hand 
on us. If they beat New England, they will be tied with us on points. And uh, but but we would still be in first because we have more wins than they do. Uh, what uh, do you think? Think New England uh, or do you think Colorado has a shot to take down New England? Um, it seems like New England has been taking their foot off the gas a little bit. They you know rested some players and uh, didn't seem like they were pushing for a win in their last game. So we'll see how they treat this game as a playoff tune-up or what. Uh, so it wouldn't surprise me if New England, uh, you know, you know. Well, first of all, the question of can they beat any Western Conference team, you know, ever anyway. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me to see New England come out with a half-hearted attack here and lose. Um, you know, so maybe we should be rooting for them to field a full team and and put an effort into it. Uh, still hard to root for them, obviously. SKC is that game against the, the SKC and Galaxy game. That game is on national TV. Um, SKC's game, while uh, the following weekend is also on national TV, they're playing Minnesota. That is going to be a huge game, the nicest rivalry in MOS. Um, that's a huge game, as both um, that's another game, um, that we'll be paying attention to. Um, with Casey's second game in hand. Um, again, if Minnesota can win that game, they can make it very uh, tough for LAFC uh, to get into the playoffs. Uh, the other game that's happening uh, this uh, weekend, uh, that's happening uh, um, uh, tomorrow, um, uh, is uh, that also involves Minnesota is Vancouver, Minnesota. So uh, you would think LAFC is rooting for Minnesota to clean that, but I'll be rooting for uh, Vancouver. Vancouver are now level on points with LAFC. However, they're under the line because LAFC has one more win than they do. Um, any other thoughts on – do you have any thoughts on how the uh, – the standings are looking right now. Are there any teams that are outside of the line um, right now that you think are going to make the playoffs in either conference? You know, obviously a lot of uh, chaos, a lot of, uh, a lot of soccer let to be played. Um, We look at the Eastern, we look at the Eastern conference. Columbus is sitting in 11th place right now. They are three games remaining. Um, They are right now uh, five points out of the playoffs. Um, Right. A bunch of boys, a bunch of teams. A bunch of teams right behind. A big big fight right there. Again, Um, how, how satisfying would that be to see Columbus uh, uh, miss the playoffs? Uh, this year how how would that make you feel you know i mean i think it just points out again how how impressive an achievement it is for the sounders to have been in the playoffs so consistently um you know which i'll know anyway but you know makes it more obvious to the rest of the league and the commentators um you know if columbus can't maintain that the year after winning the the cup um you know, on the on the western side, you know, obviously Vancouver and Salt Lake right there at the at the bubble. Um, 
you know, San Jose, I guess, has an outside chance at it, but it's hard to see them sneaking in. Um, Our last two games really do, really do matter for the other two teams that we're playing. I mean, LA, they get the Galaxy are not safe. They they could fall if they don't do well in their last games. Um, with how close Vancouver is, um, it's possible that they could drop all the way to eighth. Um, and then same thing with Vancouver. Vancouver in the last game of the season, they're probably going to. Um, they are they are probably. Uh, going to be fighting with LAFC on the last day. Um, if it comes down to the last day and Vancouver needs like um, and Vancouver needs like a goal um, it needs like a goal to make it into the playoffs and eliminate LAFC um, what, how, how would you feel like, like how would you feel about um, Say like the Sounders are already in uh, first first place. If the Sounders are in first place, um, is the question? You know, am I happy would, to root against LAFC? Yes, yeah. I'm very happy to root against LAFC. Okay, if the if the would you lose respect for the Sounders? Sounders, if if uh, if Vancouver oh, okay. so needs like if Vancouver needs like a goal, if Vancouver goal needs for... like a, a if Vancouver needs a goal or Vancouver needs like needs like one point to beat LAFC. So the Sounders just kicked the goal into them to eliminate LAFC. Um, yeah, no, I wouldn't like to see that. You know, if the question is, you know, let's say that would be, up, that'd be so know, amazing. That'd be so if we're amazing. up for nothing and five, nothing will, you know, will kick Vancouver out of the playoffs and the Sounders eased up a little bit at that point. I could excuse that. Um, I don't know that I could excuse, you know, losing or tying a game intentionally. Yes, I wouldn't. <laughs> but if they, what if if they just had to kick one ball into our own net to eliminate LFC? Oh my God, would that that would be satisfying? I, I do kind of love it, you know. If the league put too many commercials and therefore our game was five minutes behind the rest, and so we we knew that. Um, anyway, yes. probably won't happen. Unlikely things will be that close, but it still should be an exciting uh, last two or three games of the season for everybody. Still, lots of soccer to play. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how it all wraps up. Uh, it's been great talking to you this week, Dave Mamus. Um, episode, this was episode 147, approaching 150. Can you believe that? Well, you know, three games left. We got to finish it up well. Okay. So now three games left. Right. Only two games for the two games. Two games regular season and then... Hopefully we got more to come going into the playoffs. For all those games, please make sure you keep your scarves up. <laughs> <laughs>